Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody. Tom Miller here, owner of Leaders Building Leaders. Thanks for giving us uh, your time. Um, I'm really excited about this topic and this expert that we've brought with you today uh, um, because a couple of things. Some of you might be part of our private school leadership made real simple community. And uh, just every once in a while, there's these really happy posts and just these really good questions. They're like, who is this person? So. So I just, you know, commented once, uh, yeah, you know, uh, keep on doing that. Just, you know, uh, Kathy Young, I didn't see her. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start to see one name and she starts to pop up in other places. And she's, you know, I said, I really like, we're like-minded. I really like her. And then I just learned she's from New York and she's happy and she's a former middle school teacher. So I'm a middle school guy and I love New York too. So I really thought it'd be great because right now with times, that are really challenging and all leaders are leading through difficult times. But right now, if you're one of our podcast members, about 30 days ago, I put out, if you don't do this, September is gonna be really, really difficult. And I think October might be worse. If you don't start doing these things, and I just heard what you know, Kathleen's gonna talk about, and it's exactly what those things I wanna share. So uh, let me introduce you to our guest uh, today. Uh, Kathleen Young, she's now, she's a um, lifelong educator and she's a happiness coach. So who doesn't want to spend time with a happiness coach? And she's the founder of Young Meditation Associates. And so expert in the education sector, as I said, she's a practitioner, she's been in the classroom, she's been in the schools. Um, and, and, and so she specializes in meditation and uh, dispute resolution through uh, facilitated dialogue and coaching for schools that are looking to to uh, prioritize strong communication and high morale. And with the turnover rates the way they are right now, and over 90% of the people questioning whether or not they want to stay in the profession, we all need someone like you in our life, Kathleen Young. So thanks so much. Welcome to our School Leadership Community uh, weekly uh, webinar. And, uh, and so I'm going to ask you, if you're here live, put where you're from in the chat box in your school because uh, there might be some like-minded people that are in this uh, room and they don't know that, hey, I exist and I'm here. So we'll do some networking. Uh, Kathleen's going to put us to work. We'll do some exercises. Uh, so go ahead. We got it, Kathleen. Welcome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, so how is everyone doing? COVID year number two. Oh, I saw a thumbs up. I see a, <laughs> I see a head shaking. Um, yeah, you, you all have um, my sympathy for sure and uh, my respect for, for sticking with it. Um, so today, um, I'm pretty passionate about this topic and, and know that everything comes with being a suggestion. I'm going to speak to how to cultivate happiness in your classroom in a way 
um, that's taking it like as far as it can go. Um, but you know, just taking pieces of it. But what I do suggest is whatever piece you do take, um, you take really seriously and you keep it consistent. So even if it's a small piece right now, um, just again, say this is going to be something that will remain a focus of my leadership until I leave this program. So I do have a keynote. Let me just share my screen. Okay. And full stream. All right. So, um, yeah, I am the founder of Young Mediation Associates. Um, I provide mediation, facilitated dialogue, and coaching to school communities. And I'm also, as Tom said, a happiness coach. Um, with my teaching, I realized that my main focus was always happiness in terms of bringing it to the kids. Um, I, you know, would see schools for whatever reason, I just think it's my learning style um, as the big picture. So I would somehow be able to understand what students were going through, understand what teachers were going through. I was both a teacher and in leadership positions. I would get where the parents were coming from. I would get where the admin was coming from. It just, for some reason, I just saw the pieces. And um, I saw some schools that worked really, really well. And then I saw some that were really pretty unhappy. And lots of people were thinking about leaving or, or there was a lot of distrust. And I was always really curious about why little changes weren't made. I, I know that schools are incredibly, unbelievably busy but why people didn't slow down and make small changes that would have made a big difference. Um, so um, as I was in a leadership position at my last school, I got trained as a mediator and I was like, you know what? I think, um, you know, facilitated dialogue, circles, or like restorative circles, coaching, slowing down and taking a look at the big picture, tweaking it a bit, is, is, is really reasonable in terms of um, a way to approach some of the problems. So um, Tom spoke to some of this. Um, why are we looking at this topic? Um, well, the RAND report from last year says, um, and I know that Tom mentioned 90% are unhappy uh, with a lot of parts of teaching, but 25% are actually likely to leave. Um, that's really scary. I mean, there, you know, and then in addition to that, there seems to be some sort of cultural phenomenon where people are leaving jobs anyway. So, so that combined is, is a, you know, a bit worrisome. 75% of um, teachers uh, report frequent stress compared to 40% in other jobs. 27% report symptoms of depression compared to 10%. And obviously that um, leaks into the classroom, right? Or into the entire community. So Education Week um, reported uh, um, information from a Yale study from September 20th, uh, I'm sorry, September 2020, of over a thousand school leaders. And I was wondering if someone would want to read that particular information. Oh, is there any, if I do it, I, I put everybody on mute, I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. No, 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 great, that's okay. So yeah, Tom, would you read that? That would be amazing. Yeah, from the Education Week, so. Uh, Oops, sorry. That's all right. There you go. Overwhelmingly, 95% of the feelings they named could be classified as negative. The most commonly mentioned emotion was anxiety, which stood out glaringly above all others. Overwhelmed, sad, stressed, frustrated, uncertain, and wary. That's no way to lead a classroom, I'm gonna say. Right, 
And it's not fair. It's, it's not fair that administration is feeling that way. That's something I always did feel bad about. Um, a lot of times they're um, obviously targeted as being the cause of all the problems. So I would like you to add up those um, emotions, anxiety, overwhelmed, sad, that's three, stress, four, frustrated, five, uncertain, six, and worried, seven. And in the chat box, can you put the number of feelings that you are feeling this year? All right. And then Tom, as they come in, maybe you can just read some of the numbers. They better not be one. <laughs> so I've got uh, two, four, five, five-ish. Yeah, number of those feelings, Natalie, four. And I cannot, you know, unmute people if you want me, Kathleen, you just let me know, okay? Yeah, just reading some of the numbers that are coming yeah. for now. Yep. Adam seems to be laughing quite a bit, which makes me think either he's doing really well or, or really not well. I don't know, yeah. but it, it depends on the day. Natalie's got seven. Yep. Okay. All right. So we kind of get the picture, right? And so something should be done. And some of these things are actually quite easy, especially if you get other people involved. So let's take a look um, at the students now. So we've looked at the teachers. We've looked at admin. Everything in this word cloud is new in the last two years right? When I say finances are new, it's because there's additional financial strain on most families due to COVID. Um, when I say family is new, families are spending more time together. If things at home are difficult, that's going to be um, even more intense. COVID is new. The intensity of climate change of being like a, a, a really frightening threat is new, right? In terms of how intense it is right now. Political loyalty. Students are coming in, and I used to teach middle school, um, and at the last years I was teaching middle school, the political loyalty to families was so intense that, that students couldn't hear the content. Um, and they felt like they couldn't, they couldn't even give it a chance to hear the other side or they'd be disloyal to their family. That's a huge, huge weight for these kids to be carrying. Technology is increasing, especially with remote learning. Political safety, we've had you know, some, some troublesome thing happen, you know, happening in our country politically. Masks. This is all on top of the normal stressors of school, social stressors, academic stressors, just every day growing up and changing body stressors. This is an incredible list. So in the chat box, and we're not going to do too many of these, can you name what you're seeing in your school in terms of just one or two things that you find are your top concerns? And then Tom, I'll have you read them again. Somehow my, all the, the, the people are blocking the chat box for me. Sure thing. And I was just, you know, saying it's just overwhelming to even think about all those, all those feelings, right? I mean, where you have, you know, hospitals and schools always have the most emotional humans in it. Uh, so a spike in uh, behavior referrals is one of the, you know, symptoms that we're seeing. Uh, lack of teamwork, uh, teachers feeling overwhelmed came through. Uh, teachers are giving up on students who perform below grade level instead of digging in and using uh, data and their you know, skills to fill the gap. Serious immaturity, um, just very emotional teachers, isolation, overwhelmness. Yep. Yep. yep, thank you. Yeah, isolation. I was talking to an administrator who said, 
he feels like the masks are the new are, are like the new hoodie so when kids would come into class and have a hoodie on as a way to like distance and and you couldn't really see into their eyes or they were kind of like you know bending over in that hoodie they feel like kids are doing that with the masks now and so I'm not surprised to hear that teachers are sometimes giving up on kids too because there's there's a lack of connection and it's not to say that that's okay but it's really really hard um to to keep the caring and the energy going when you feel like you can't even connect and i feel that it is our responsibility as, as schools to make sure there's connection and to make sure they're happy places just like you would look at a parent and say you need to create a happy home for your child um, and if you're not at times that could be seen as negligent or not that it has to be happy all the time, not that they are not going to do chores, not that there's not going to be problems. But if you're letting a situation be unhappy, right, and kids are in your school eight hours a day, um, you have to wonder about responsibility. Although I don't get me wrong, I know you are all working tremendously hard. I'm hoping that there'll be like a whole cultural shift here in terms of um, schools saying it is our responsibility to provide happy schools. So we're gonna look at four things today regarding the how, how to implement uh, a new happiness kind of momentum in your school. First is commitment to this, um, space, the physical space, purpose, and connection. All right, so we're gonna dive in. All right, so as I said earlier, um, whatever you decide to do from this point forward, commit to, unless it has bad results, commit to doing forever. Like you don't wanna be kind of weaving this in and out. People will get sick of it, people won't trust it. Um, it shouldn't be labeled an initiative. A lot of teachers tell me that they are suspicious of initiatives and they feel that what initiatives really are is um, administration's attempt to look good, look cutting edge, uh, be necessary. And I'm not saying I agree with that, right? You have to grow as schools. However, school uh, teachers often view it that way. Um, so you don't want to label an initiative. You want to label like this is the core of our school. This is what we're doing. This is what's most important. And because we're going to address this, everything else will fall into place more smoothly, including academics. So you want to make it part of the mission. I know I've been in those meetings where you revisit the mission statement like, I don't know, 10,000 times before you actually publish it. Um, you know, where it's like every single word is, is kind of, but, but if you can get it right in there and just make that a statement without, you know, delay, that would be amazing. Make it a part of your language. Announce that this is a goal daily, that kids should be striving for happiness. Teachers, and this is not a fake happiness. If a kid's having a bad day, something's bad at home, they're upset about a test, we don't want to deny feelings. Same one thing with teachers. We don't want to deny teachers or administration the right to say really what's going on and expressing some of their concerns, right? Or, or if they're feeling really, really burnt out. But you do want to make it that happiness is a piece of your program. Have it reiterated. Have teachers reiterated if they feel comfortable doing so. Start at, the, at your meeting. Say, hey, how is this going? What else could we do to be happy or dedicate 10 minutes of every meeting to, to it in the beginning? At the top of your newsletters, woven to all aspects of the school, this can actually be used as a way to say to even parents, you know what, we can't address every email that comes in because we're working right now on making our school community happy. Here are the statistics on schools. This is the statistics on um, suicides of, of youth. Um, this is how many uh, teachers are saying they wanna leave in, in the United States. We need to make this a happier place that we will thrive. And therefore I might not get back to your emails right away or I might have to cut corners here to free yourself up as well because you have to be happier as well. And I know that sounds really difficult right now. But in other words, whatever you choose to do, 
go all in. All right. So the second piece, we had commitment. Now we have space. And I start off this by um, letting people know that schools in our country, many of the architects are the same architects that designed prisons. That is pretty incredible. And then if not prisons, often community kind of like government buildings. And it makes sense. You have to make sure people are contained. You can't have kids running out of the school. Have, things have to be orderly. Um, but if that's the case, what can we do to counter that? Um, so I'm sure some of you already do some of this, um, but even just adding a little bit more could be helpful. Color. Um, if you look online or you can contact me or just go online yourself, studies show what colors are good for concentration, brighter but lighter colors, boost mood. Um, you know you've been in a place where you're like, wow, this place feels amazing. Um, if you can go and create some of that in your school, it will reflect in the, the mood of the building. Um, sound, studies have been done that show that similar stress levels are, are, go off in the body hearing loud locker slamming and hearing really, really like um, kind of screeching kind of bells or loud uh, bells to change classes. They equate that to, to some of the stress levels people hear when they hear sirens. So I always recommend sound of, of bells could be something really, really amazing. It could be a chime. It could be a quacking duck one week. Every week it can change to something that's happy. And some people don't like that. They would say like, you know, we don't want to interrupt the seriousness. Um, but, but again, if this is a primary goal, kids will feel valued. They'll feel some kind of connection to the school and it will um, enhance things in the end. Um, order, obviously, when you're doing all these fun things, you don't want to make it so distracting. Um, desks are often really messy. I was one of the worst. Um, I used to try to tell people that all the brilliant professors in college, their desks were a total mess. And so I tried to like, you know, kind of say, oh, that, that, you know, as a joke, that must be me. Um, but like, it, it makes it unapproachable, right? Now, by the way, I want to say, this is not something should, that should be forced on any teacher or even like pressured, but hopefully if some people do it, um, and some people do some things and some another, it will kind of even out. Um, content. I know that um, there's a lot going on in the world, even climate change, things like that, but it's almost getting too intense. So I don't know if you've heard the, um, there's a song out, who is it? Crowded House has a new song out, and it's called To the Island. And it makes me think of schools all the time, because they're saying like, it's too hard out there. Life is too hard. Just take me to the island. And I think that's like a classroom, that's a school. Like just where I can just be and sit. So I would like to suggest that things about climate change not be up in the hallways, right? You can discuss them in schools, but maybe, hey, we're gonna do something good for the environment, but nothing that's gonna remind them of things that are really scary or things that are really horrible in the world because they get slammed with that. Technology, they see pictures of things that I would never have been able to see at their ages. Horrifying, that gets in their minds. They, they hear things, the news has become so much more uh, inflammatory and they're hearing this all the time and they just can't keep taking stuff in. Um, the other stuff with content is I'm very against putting up names of people that win awards. Um, I think that's again, like uh, you're in your home and you put up one kid's stuff and you never put up the other. Um, I think we need to make sure everyone is seen. I know, I know that a lot of people already do that. Um, content of announcements can be fun and funny with maybe some of the more serious stuff just kind of added in with like, I know this is hard or I know you guys don't like this, but um, as a way to connect. Um, 
I'm a big uh, advocate or proponent of tech-free days or tech-free hours just to kind of get that energy out. Um, and then light, anything you could do to increase light. There's so many better lights out there now. Um, so, so that's amazing. And plants um, too. So I know that money can be a real issue um, doing a drive for this or getting a grant uh, regarding mental health or happiness or going to schools that have a lot of money and saying, would you uh, make this a project? In terms of time efficiency, you get the whole school involved in this where kids are like choosing the colors and, and getting them to buy into this and then again, reiterating your goal. So, yeah. yes. I mean, you're just really dropping some really great info. So I wanna make sure they have you know, time to process, but- Yeah, I realize I'm talking pretty quickly. <laughs> fine. But you, but you made me think about, you know, I talk about the four corners and the four walls, right? And how often do you become a guest in your own school? And you have to take off the principal hat sometimes and you've got to drive through carpool and you've got to look for a parking space and you've got to observe the school and walk through the school as a student. That's the only way that you're going to have a better understanding and asking questions and being curious. And these are all the things you're really referring to. And if it's not you, right, someone who has that eye, that eye for detail or you know, someone who's very people oriented on your team, could be this, because you're talking about culture, Kathleen. I mean, that's what you're talking right. about, it's culture. I mean, all of this is culture, and it's the how we behave around here, so go for and it. And it's so, it's so easy to, to not have time to do this. It's so incredibly overwhelming, um, but I just think this will save time in the end. Okay, all right, so thanks, Tom. I, I agree with that. Um, so, okay, if we just see a couple of these pictures and just, yeah, take off the principal hat, whatever, and just think about how this might make you feel in terms of approachability. This is very happy, but extremely uh, overwhelming and, and too much to take in. And I, I do see some classrooms that are dark like this. So just little things like $30 light up things that people can donate, or you can go into stores too as long as you thank them in your newsletter, ask them to donate some or a company. Um, but lightening up the space is a good idea. Okay, so we only have two more. I know I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a lot um, and there's not as much with these. Um, but purpose is the third um, topic here. So the first being commitment, the second being space, the third is purpose. And the Museum of Happiness reports, and then Tom, could you read that please? Yeah, the research shows that having a sense of purpose is good for our well-being and improves our resilience to stress and even our ability to think. The founder of positive psychology, Martin Sigelman, includes meaning in his PERMA model of happiness. Okay. I like it. I mean, yeah. It's, 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 your, it's your son, right? Everything should revolve around your purpose, so I can't wait to hear about this. Yeah, I like the way I've never thought of that. Uh, yes, uh, uh, that's a, a great thought is the sun. Um, I also love that there's a museum of happiness. That's pretty amazing, I think. Um, so yeah, so, so in addition to the museum of happiness, which some might laugh at, um, but I think it's the best, um, Forbes has a whole structure in place to make sure that every employee has purpose. Um, Inc.com says working and living with a sense of purpose and meaning actually leads to longevity in the workplace and in life. So this is actually incredibly real. Um, this, they, they even say that in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, purpose is listed. Um, and I think a lot of um, people are losing their sense of purpose. 
you know, obviously administration, you're just being overloaded with things from COVID or the political stuff or the buses being hard to, um, you know, to get employees on that. Um, faculty and staff, uh, you know, parents seem to be getting more and more involved. Students, um, too, I think they're just feeling like almost hopeless with all of the intense things that are going on. So um, without getting to, you know, into too much detail, I just invite you to think about what can you clear and just tell your community you need to do that so that you, you are able to connect with and implement more of your own purpose so that you can find some of the joy, the reason why you got into this work. Um, for faculty and staff, if there are some initiatives that you could shrink and give them time to find their purpose, why did they come in to teach and how can they actually reconnect with that? Honestly, I think that is literally the number one reason why teachers are, are thinking of quitting. They, they feel like they don't have autonomy. They can't do what they came here to do. They're not connecting. Um, huge if you, can, if you can reignite purpose. And then I think pretty much people understand the student's choice. But what I would like to say is there's a lot of studies where kindness leads to more happiness, even if they don't want to do acts of kindness. And also any sort of purposeful work where they get to find a cause they believe in and do something to further that cause is incredibly powerful and will just lend a, a, an amazing energy to your community. Yeah, I mean, I, this, honestly, Kathleen, to me, this is the most powerful piece, mm -hmm. right? And because, and everything lines up, right? Commitment and space and, and a purpose. And the purpose is why you wake up every day. Right. So just being reminded, right? So it could be just right on their door, right? You know, my purpose is to be the difference maker in the leadership development of individuals and organizations. That's why I get up at 4.30 every day, right? For this, right? I, <laughs> I mean, I get inspired by this, right? And helping there's, you know, 20 people here and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to listen to it. Like, this is important stuff. I mean, we have to understand there's a reason why we all got engaged in the education. And yeah. this, this is it. It's the purpose. Yeah. And they're amazing purposes why people got involved, like unbelievably beautiful, powerful, life-changing purposes. And we need to find some way to get back to that. Um, so communication and connection is, is the last piece, but that's one of the, the pieces to the puzzle, I think. Um, connection through joy. Um, I, I think any kind of celebration is just making sure everyone's celebrated. Some schools have laughter yoga. I know that that's not something we can do with COVID uh, or jam rooms with music or dancing during the breaks where there's like a lot of energy, a lot of happiness, right? Corners of the school that are more happy than others that are just joyful places. Um, in terms of communication, I think that's the key um, for a lot of these pieces with, with purpose and, and starting to feel heard again. Um, not feeling so buried, feeling like they don't have to do everything like alone. Um, so I am a big fan of restorative circles in classrooms, even in faculty meetings, um, chats if things aren't right, conferences. Um, if you can go more restorative instead of punitive, especially because people are so stressed right now. Um, empathy circles are amazing and I'm gonna do a short thing with that next. Um, again, I mentioned announcements being fun, funny, happy, bring, make, say, I'm going to bring joy into my community first thing in the morning. 
And then I really have seen conflict resolution do amazing things, just small amounts, facilitated dialogue on teams that don't get along or between teachers or between students or parents and administration um, or between members of administration. There's coaching, um, there's mediation, um, which sometimes some schools put them into enrollment contracts. Uh, it doesn't, it's not binding. Mediation is um, voluntary, but at least they'll give that a shot before going to litigation. Um, the next piece is presence, uh, greeting students at the doors and halls, and that's often done, but it's often done with stress or seriousness. So just something to think about. And um, part of some of this communication, I think it's important for administrators to say, I need to be happy too. And I need to not be bullied. And I need, like, I want to listen to you. And th but this is, I need to be well in order for the school to be well. Um, I think there is some, so I know that, I know all the reasons that I've heard, but I, I think there's some bullying of administration going on, as well as some stuff with that where teachers aren't appreciated. Um, so, all right, yes. On a couple of points, because there was, there was a really good, you know, point in, by, you know, one of our, uh, uh, Natalie had said, you know, I feel like I spend all day uh, tracking, you know, COVID, you know, tracing, right? That's, that's mm -hmm. not my purpose, but it's where I spend the uh, majority of my day. So, so how do we link a purpose to action when we're going through negative stuff, right? Or when we're having to push through the things that we don't love to do? What are some, some ideas? Well, I mean, anything you could do to delegate and, and get someone else to do that, although I, I know that that sounds maybe impossible, but anything you can do in terms of um, even getting parent help, um, starting the day saying, okay, I am carving out this amount of time to, to uh, kind of nurture my purpose and nothing else is gonna get in the way of the, say, 15 minutes of me planning and, and planning how I'm gonna do that today. Um, you know, I, I think I, when I work with administrators, typically they can always at the end of the game identify something they don't need to be doing as well or, or doing, even if it, I mean, there's some administrators and I'm not saying that this is the answer that say, I don't answer email, uh, parent emails unless it's about safety. You can communicate, but right now I just can't do that. And I know that's not possible for everyone, but having these kind of conversations or even telling people again, like I need to get back to my purpose and therefore let's limit these kind of conversations or comments or let's give us a break or let's join together and, you know, finding a way to, to, to get the whole community behind it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that, that stop uh, doing list is maybe the most powerful list that you can make on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, it's worth getting, I, I don't, I'm not saying it, people should get up at four 30, Tom, like you, <laughs> but like getting up 15 minutes earlier, uh, and, and then also closing your door too sometimes or and letting teachers sometimes close their door and um, and just saying this time is sacred and this is for me so I can be my best. Yep, that's great. Thanks. Yeah. So empathy circles. I just wanted to explain what that is because it's, it's unbelievable actually. And I, I just see it being useful everywhere. Um, empathy circles is when you get a group of four. There can be more in the group. Four is pretty ideal. And someone speaks for three minutes and they speak in maybe three sentences and an active listener rephrases it back. But that gives the speaker a chance to process, to verbalize, to be witnessed. So the active listener is not supposed to give suggestions. 
They're not supposed to have any judgments, not even give sympathy, because that, that could even interrupt the speaker's journey here. Um, but in repeating it back, there's something incredibly healing, right? And we don't have time to do an, uh, an empathy circle right now, but I would like you to try this first step. I want you to pretend that you have an active listener who is going to repeat three sentences back to you. And what I'd like you to talk about in your own mind and pretending there's someone there, I'd like you to actually close your eyes and I'd like you to identify what's most painful to you in your job right now. And I'd like you to, not out loud, but pretend to actually say it. So think it out loud, not, think it in your head. Um, and, and, and then do that now, just kind of pretend you're saying it to somebody. And now hear that person say it back to you. Okay, so this is incredibly powerful. It can be incredibly healing. Um, it could be a way for people to hear each other that disagree, but then it leads to an incredibly strong sense of understanding. And it's really hard to gossip or to blame or to even be rude to people after you've had these kind of circles. Um, and it's just something that, that would be good for you to, to look up. Uh, there's a group empathy, um, I, I think it might be empathycircles.com. I also help schools with this. Um, but you can do this in classrooms between two students, between two members of a team or, or a team and, their, and the team leader, if there's distrust. Uh, you can do it with someone else and, and it's a fishbowl and your faculty can hear what you're thinking, like a counselor can kind of ask you that and you could speak to the counselor and the counselor reiterates, it slows everything down so that it, it becomes really um, real. Um, okay. So um, looking ahead, um, I, I don't know if you got this question. Um, I think some of you may have. I had asked, um, what's one thing that would make your school happy that or happier that you have not yet implemented? Um, maybe we can share that in the discussion because um, we only have a couple of more slides if you'd like. Um, and, and another thing you could do looking ahead is find someone passionate about this if you feel like this is not your cup of tea or that you don't have the, the room to do this. Um, again, I just need to reemphasize choice in terms of no um, person in your school should feel pressured about this, that will backfire. Engaging community help, um, even if it's organizations that, you, you, that are like not even near you, um, seeing what they could donate. Um, I am going to start a, um, a podcast on cultivating, cultivating happiness in schools. And um, what I'm gonna be asking for are, are examples of things that weren't good and what kind of actions made the schools happier. And then we'll discuss that. So, so stay tuned for that. Um, and the last thing is getting a neutral third party in to facilitate some of these conversations or circles or do some coaching, surveying and really breaking things down um, can be very helpful. I see someone's taking pictures, so I'm gonna. And you know, I can also send you this these slides um, as well. So if you'd like that, just, just send me a, a quick email.
Can you um, can you take uh, take us back through the empathy circle? There was a question about what do the other two uh, people do. So we'll let you know. Let's say they were. Sure. In, you know, yeah, that's a good question. So the silent listener is there as a witness to the active listener, almost a witness to the to the um, the depth of the exchange. And after the speaker is done, the active listener becomes the speaker, if if that's the way you want to do it. And then they'll choose someone else to be the active listener. Typically, they'll, they'll choose that silent listener to listen for them because maybe that person hasn't gone yet. The facilitator is there in case things get messy. So in case someone you know, starts to interrupt or in case it's a really tough um, dialogue, if say you had uh, one of these with parents and an administrator and maybe a teacher who said something in class that the parent felt was maybe racist or uh, biased against their kid or politically uh, that they disagree with. And things can get a little bit tough. So it's good to have a facilitator, a neutral person to say, okay, let's just slow down. Let's get back to the purpose of this. And then, you know, come up with alternatives if needed. Yeah, thanks for that question, Tom. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, so Tom, I'm gonna have you read one more thing and then I'm just gonna show you all how to contact me. Can you just read this one quote? This is a, uh, it was published by Atlantis Press, Third International Conference on Research of Educational Administration and Management. Um, so if you can read that, Tom. I love the name of the conference. It's the ice cream conference, it says. I know, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. How can you go wrong? School, school crime is one of the most important factors that affect development and the success of a school academic performance, positive school climate, able to enhance staff performance, rise up staff motivation, and improve students' academic achievement. Okay, there you go. Okay, so I would love it if you um, could join my Facebook page, Let's Cultivate Happier Schools. And um, you can also, and I think Tom put that in the chat, um, you can also visit my website. My um, email is Kathleen at youngmediationassociates.com. Happy to have a conversation uh, if you just need, you know, help with something. And um, this has been a real, a real pleasure, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity, Tom. And I unmuted everybody, so so we're probably going to have some questions. So that was really great. I mean, such an sure. and obviously you can't learn everything in 33 minutes. Right? I know it's, it's a lot. So I think that's that's you know what what I heard right and what I learned so as ever folks if you want to put a question in the chat or go ahead and unmute un, uh, yourself is is you have to have a plan right it's not just going to happen right it's it's in good intentions is you know doing something once but intentional action is having a plan over time where you're continually um, trying to move you know climate right because climate impacts culture so and in its short term so so the little things that we can do to improve climate. And I just finished, I don't know if you read this, uh, Kathleen, but the, um, the uh, uh, workplace, the uh, languages or appreciation in the workplace languages, like it's based upon the five love languages. But you know, one of the issues is that we, we don't see other people how they are, we see them how we are. So we tend to appreciate the way we like to be appreciated. But what I heard you say is now you gotta have all these you know, different types of ways to improve your climate to, to improve, you know, the moods and the emotional health of those because you have to make sure you're reaching everybody, not just one particular personality type. Right. 
or especially if it's identifying celebrating people, you just want to make sure almost keeping a list. I, I know some of this sounds exhausting, but I really have seen that it winds up making life easier on the other end. Like if, if a teacher, you know, stays, you don't have to deal with finding a new teacher and training them and not knowing how that's going to go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. So what, so what are some questions? Is there anybody who wants to unmute something they learned, something to take away? something they want to, an action step that they can do, you know, based upon uh, Kathleen's question, what's something that you that you haven't done yet? And I know for me, it's, I don't write enough handwritten notes. I know that's one thing um, that I'm, you know, trying to be better at and more consistent at. I, I recently, but I can't remember who the leader was, but I think on average, they wrote 750 wow. handwritten notes a month. Wow. But you could just start small, right? You could do one a day. And that is gonna make someone's world, so. All right. Well, so in the chat here, and I'm gonna make sure that I send this back out uh, via email. One is your email address, so, so you can email Kathleen at Kathleen at youngmediationassociates.com, youngmediationassociates.com, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N. And then she's also, you can search on Facebook, Cultivating Happier Schools. It's a brand new Facebook group that you can um, uh, join, right? And you'll be doing some, some webinars and sharing resources in there. And it's a chance for uh, principals and teachers to ask for ideas or what, what you know, will they get in the Facebook group? Um, yeah, so uh, you broke up a little. So I think you're asking me what's gonna happen in the Facebook group. Is yes. that, okay, um, thanks. So yeah, so I'm hoping that it will um, be a lot of just idea sharing or, people posing issues and saying, how could this be um, fixed by doing, you know, something that's gonna create more happiness in the school. Just a place for people to share things to, to, with the intention of not always being positive, but moving in a more positive direction. And just, um, you know, any, any kind of information that I research, I'm gonna put in there and, and other people can do the same. Any other groups or um, films or books or anything, um, and just to get the conversation going, I think that that's a, a good start to kind of spread this, you know, this yeah. vision. And I know another action step uh, for me is I'm going to make sure everybody on our team has a, a purpose statement. So I'm sure nice. Not, right. But, you know, writing out and, you know, make sure I'm aware of it because I'm not sure why they get up every day to work with us. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, for some people, it's going to be something that you don't necessarily think is important, but if it's important to them, it's going to be important to some of the kids or to someone else in your, in your school. Um, so just bringing it, bringing all of that alive. That's a valid point. My uh, mentor, John Maxwell says it all the time. He's like, you can't value people if you don't know what they value. So That's value, right. you value and you'll be in good shape. So, well, thank you so much, Kathleen, for thank you. time and reach out to her, go to her website. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I really, really appreciate your time as well. I, I really do uh, uh, honor everything you're doing. It's, it's so hard. So um, I wish you the best. Well, thank you for noticing. And, and, and you can look for, uh, it's now, now, she's Kathy Young on Facebook, but I'm telling you, right. you're going to hear now. She's all over there dropping some really, really positive uh, messages. So, you know, just, you know, one more time, her uh, website is Young Mediation Associates. Dot com Kathleen Young, you can search her and uh, set up a, a call, right? You do some free uh, consults. Sure, absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. How you might be at that hub. So, okay. All and right. Go, everybody. Be safe out there. Yeah, stay safe. Thank you so much, everyone. Good luck. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks, Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, leaders.
Before you go, I just wanted to remind you about an upcoming event that we have. It's our Live to Lead annual leadership simulcast. This Live to Lead event is going to bring the best thought leaders into your conference room, into your living room, wherever you want to watch this upcoming session. You're going to hear from five world-class communicators, leaders, thought leaders, thinking partners, uh, strategists who, who are impacting and influencing tens of thousands of people around the globe every day. And we're going to give you a chance to learn from them directly. So go to our website at lbleaders at lbleaders.com that's lbleaders.com and at the very top you're going to see an invitation for you and your team to buy your ticket to live to lead you're going to have an extraordinary uh, time bring your team you're going to feel uh, inspired refreshed and renewed and early bird uh, ticket prices are closing soon so go get your leader pass right now and take your team to the next level on October 8th.